All right, good morning, good morning. And thank you to Zariah and Ezra for uh, prayer and scripture this morning. Can you give them a round of applause? All right. Um, this, as uh, was stated, this is our youth explosion. Um, and it's summertime, right? And so uh, we're kind of coming to the end of summer, wrapping up, and coming to uh, school starting. I know some schools starting next week. I have a couple more weeks. So um, we're kind of coming to the end of our somewhat summer season. Um, but uh, before I start, I just want to say, just pray, if you would just take a moment to pray with me. Uh, Father God, uh, thank you for bringing us here uh, this fifth Sunday. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, always being able to come back to your house and feel comfortable, feel safe. Father God, uh, no matter what happens in the week, um, it, it is very thankful that we're able to be here and worship with one another. Uh, Lord Jesus, I just ask that you uh, calm my spirit, calm my nerves, allow me to share what was put on my heart. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. All right. Um, again, I'm thankful to be here. Um, almost everyone in my house has been under the weather this week, and so I appreciate that I was able to make it. Um, yeah, it's been definitely a, a long week for, for my family. Um, and as I was getting ready for this, uh, kind of chuckle to myself because whenever I speak, um, I kind of remind of when I was a kid and I grew up in a traditional, you know, Baptist church and you know when uh, ministers kind of rotate, right? And so when I was a kid, I always knew that one minister, when he got up, got up there, like, oh, man, we're going to get out of here early. I knew. <laughs> so trust me, we're not going to be here too long. I'm like that one minister, you can see him up there. I didn't have time to fall asleep when I was a kid, like, oh, church is over already. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, my mom's watching, she's not going to be happy. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> That's what happens if you get put in front of a microphone. I just start talking and saying stuff. Let me stick to what I'm supposed to be saying. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, we are looking at, uh, actually, I know it said John, we're looking at Luke this morning, the same verse, um, saying everything else is the same. Um, but looking at Luke, uh, and really looking at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as I'll get into, they're very similar, right? And so, um, leading up to this, I mean, with Luke, we're thinking of the birth of Jesus, right? Um, we have the birth of John the Baptist, the birth of Jesus, they're both miraculous births, right? And so, leading up to this point, um, I mean, there, there was a prophecy from the ga angel Gabriel, um, leading up to this point, um, it's really kind of the story of Jesus, right, as he's growing up. And Luke is telling this story. And throughout this process, um, as we're getting to the sixth chapter, um, Jesus is visiting temples, right? He got baptized by John the Baptist. Uh, but tells kind of the genealogy of, of Jesus, tracing back to David and then all the way back to Adam. He um, talks about Jesus being tempted by Satan for 40 days. Jesus rejected by Nazareth. I mean, he meets the first disciples. Um, again, he's teaching the Pharisees. We go through the Beatitudes. He talks about love your enemies. Um, do not judge. And so all of this is kind of happening as we approach the sixth chapter. And again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John kind of basically tell the same stories, right? Um, but Luke's audience was a little different. He was writing to, it was directed at Theophilus, but on a broader range, it was directed at Gentiles, right? It was, it was directed at, it was written to Greco-Roman people, right? It wasn't written for the saved people. Um, it doesn't mean that the Jews at the time, he didn't want them to be saved. There wasn't the message they couldn't receive it. The message of salvation is really for everyone, right? Just like we do here, right? Yes, those of us here who are saved, but really we want everyone outside the church, outside the walls, to hear the message of Jesus. And so that ultimately was kind of uh, what, what Luke 
was doing. And so, um, and there's some tension, right, as people are kind of still, and Jesus dealt with this, where there's Jewish law, there's Jewish rules, and Jesus found himself on this when he went to heal somebody on, on, uh, on the Sabbath. Well, like, well, you're not supposed to do that, right? And so there is this kind of always back and forth. Um, anyway, we get to the sixth chapter, um, a tree and its fruit. So uh, it, it says, again, a, a good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes or grapes picked from a bramble bush. A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Okay. And so there's three points um, I want to get to today. Uh, you get out what you put into it is one. Number two, you can't hide who you are. And number three, what is stored in your heart? And so when I approach this, and again, for you, I always kind of think of my daughter, she's 10, I think of, you know, how this would apply to her life, right? And then as an adult, really, kind of the same thing applies to us. So getting into uh, my first point, you get out what you put into it. Uh, the first verse, 43, it says, A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit, right? Well, how do you become a good tree? Right? How do you become a good tree? And again, the short answer is, right, you go to church, read the Bible, you know, you do all this stuff. Um, but I'll share with you in Luke 2 the story of uh, Jesus when it says the boy Jesus at the temple. So if you just bear with me, um, if you look at Luke 2, uh, verse 41, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went to the festival, according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his awareness. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And this really struck me in verse 49, his response, right? So Jesus, he's a kid, right? This is something we weren't supposed to do. It was like, imagine, we're going home. You look around, it's kind of like, where is Jesus? And so they finally get to him. And, you know, we had this happen to us recently on vacation with my younger son, too. Lost him briefly, right? It's a panic, right? But Jesus responds, why were you searching for me? Why were you searching for me? Now, if my daughter got lost... It was somewhere she wasn't supposed to be. And I find her, and she says to me, why were you searching for me? <laughs> you know, I'm a pretty calm dad. I, I am. I know. I, why? Why? Uh, why, why question? To, okay. But Jesus said that, right? And he said, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient, 
right, Alana? Obedient. See, he did something wrong, then he was right back obedient. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And then here it is. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So when we're talking about my question earlier, how do you become a good tree? If you think about Jesus, he was born in miraculous birth. We, we know the story, right? God is his father, right? Jesus knew and understood his assignment from the very beginning of what he needed to do. And so it was so important to him that he's like, I know my parents, it's time to go, but I need to be in this temple. I need to be talking, learning, asking questions, sharing so I could produce good fruit. You know, it's kind of like if your kid were to stay out all night and like, where were they? Like, well, I was in the library. You know, great. I'm glad you're doing that. But it, you know what I mean? But it's like, but that's what Jesus is really doing. He, he knew early on that I need, I know the plan is laid out. I know what's going to happen. But instead of kind of sitting back and just like, you know what? My dad's God. He's going to take care of it. He decided, no, right away, I need to be in the temple talking, sharing, teaching, learning from the very beginning. I want you to imagine if, if your parent, your mom, dad was super powerful. Would you take advantage and kind of do what you want or would you kind of stick to the plan? And Jesus shows us by example, like he wanted to produce good fruit. So he stuck to the plan. He wanted to produce the best fruit he could to share with everyone. And again, you get out of it what you put into it. Jesus didn't have to put all that effort in, right? He knew. He, he's Jesus. His dad's God. But he still, you get out what you put into it. So again, what's required to be a good fruit? What, what's required to be successful at something, right? So you think about, again, youth in school, right? You go to school to learn, and a lot of that's measured by grades. And so if we kind of take the same thing, I want to be careful here, but it's like a good student doesn't produce bad grades, on the other hand, a bad student doesn't produce good grades. And I want to be careful because I hate kind of talking about students who are bad or good, but you, hopefully you get my point in that if you put in the work and you do what you're supposed to do, you're studying, you're engaging in class, um, you're asking questions, um, you're doing your homework, whatever all that entails, it's going to produce the right results. If you're not doing what you're supposed to do, and this has happened to me sometimes. You show up in class, you get that chest in front of you, what do you start doing? Praying, Lord, you know, let, let me just at least get a C. Let me just kind of pass. You know, next time, I'm going to study hard. I'm going to prepare ahead of time. You start getting nervous. Sweat. Maybe that was just me. But, you know, sometimes I just kind of showed up like, you know, I meant to study last night. I meant to study the day before that. And now you just got to show up. And, and, and Josh, what, what happens? Now they're now they emailing you, Mr. Deal. And he kind of gets next to it. What can I do? I, and it's like, you could have done all the stuff I told you <laughs> leading up, right? You knew showing up you weren't going to do well. But you put into it, right, what you get out. And if you don't like the results, then maybe you need to go back and look at what are you putting into things, right? And, and it's fun. It's the same thing whether it's grades or whether it's sports. Um, if you play at a sport team, right, you, you got to practice. you, you got to put in that effort, right? Um... It, it, it takes time, it takes commitment. If you want to produce good fruit, again, you have to put in that effort. Uh, it's important to remember also that when we're thinking about this, um, we have to remember that different fruits have different needs, right? And we can't compare growing lemons to apples to apricots to grapes. And so young people, the work that 
you put in is probably going to be different than the person sitting next to you, right? You may have to put in a little more, a little less. You can't worry about what someone else is doing, okay? Don't get caught up worrying about, if, if you're going to lemon tree and your, your friends over there are going to, you know, an apple tree, they may need a little different soil, different amount of water, maybe some different sun, but you're so concerned about their tree, you don't notice that, you know, your lemon tree is rotten. Branches kind of falling off, the birds kind of got to the lemons, right? You need to worry about your tree. And something I often tell my daughter is like, you got to mind your business and worry about what you're doing so you can produce the best fruit, be the best that you can be. The path that someone else takes is not your path, right? The way that someone tills their, their garden, they, they till the soil, they, they work on it, like that may not work for you. You have to grow and produce the fruit that, it, it, that God has called you to do, right? You have to put in that work. Somebody else may show up, you know, it may take them 30 minutes an hour. Something may take you two, three hours. It's okay. You need to focus on you and the effort that you put into something. And again, my daughter often asks me with softball, she's like, well, Daddy, how long should I practice? And it's like, I don't know. Right? 20 minutes, 30 minutes? What are you working on? Right? If you're preparing for a test, how much did you study? I don't know. You need to study all night? You need to kind of review a little bit each day? I guess the question is, again, you get out what you put into it, but it all depends on you, and are you making progress? Are you getting the results that you want? So if you're going to the gym and you have a goal, maybe you're running, and your goal is to run a marathon, but as you're training, you're not getting any faster, but maybe you should do something a little different, right? Are you making progress, right? Whatever you're putting in, are you getting out what you want? And again, this applies to us adults, parents as well. You know, we're supposed to read our Bible, right? You're supposed to go to a small group. Um, you, do you pray every day? Do you pray in the morning? Do you pray at night? Do you pray before meals? How long should you pray? I, I don't know. How long should you read the Bible? What chapter should you read? Are you making progress in your life? Is your life fulfilled? Are you depending on Jesus? You know what? Some of you may need to... I, myself, I probably spend a lot more time every day praying. I got kids, right? And every day, I probably should be praying and worshiping more than I should. But it really depends on you. Are you making progress? How is your life, right? Are you, get, you get out what you put into something. So if you're putting in minimal effort, and that's what you're getting out, then maybe you should make a change. Um, and ultimately, what we want to do, we're talking about the, the tree and the fruit, we want to produce good fruit. And we want to produce fruit that doesn't just look good, right? We want to produce fruit that when we pick it and we cut it open, hopefully the fruit tastes good, right? And we don't, we don't want to wait until, I'm sure you guys have seen in your backyard, you pass by, you see trees, and you're like, man, that tree's dying. We don't want to wait until that tree's dying until we give it attention. We don't want to wait until things start falling apart in our life. Like I said, we showed up for David with the test. We're like, oh, Lord, here, here, it, here it goes. Are we doing what we need to along the way? Are we putting in that effort along the way? Or are we waiting until the tree starts dying? And it's the same thing. Are we nurturing that relationship with Jesus? And so my next point, you can't hide who you are. Um, verse 44, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Each tree is known by its own fruit. 
Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes or grapes picked from a bramble bush. And we just look at that first part. When you can't hide from who you are, if you think about those of you who enjoy summertime, you enjoy watermelon, right? I do, when you go to the store. And I'm sure you guys all have your own special method of, of picking the best watermelon that you know is going to be good, right? I've seen people, you know, they start slapping it, thumping it, right? People, they kind of look, they're looking, picking it up, and people knocking on it, all these different things, right? You're, you're trying to pick the best watermelon that you know is going to taste good. So you go home, you cut into it, right? And so when you cut that watermelon, you open it up, you can tell right away if it's bad, right? You go right away. This isn't good. But there's also times when you cut it open, it looks pretty good, right? And then you taste it. And what happens when you taste sometimes, maybe it lacks flavor. Texture's a little off. Maybe it's a little mealy. Maybe it's a little overripe, underripe. Something's not right. And we go back to the first part of that verse 44. Each tree is known by its own fruit. What will happen with our, with our watermelon example, right? It didn't taste good. And so the same thing happens to me, right, in my life, in who I am. I may present well, I may say the right things, even do the right things, even go a little deeper in conversation with me, and, you know, hey, he knows what he's talking about, things sound good. But as you keep digging, you know, it's like, well, man, he lacks a little flavor, he lacks a little substance, right? You go a little deeper, he's a little bitter, right? A little off-putting, right? But everything seemed great, right? So I ask you, how are the branches and limbs on your tree? You know, it's easy, again, to spot a dying tree. But what happens when everything looks good, it looks okay, right? And for a lot of us, things are okay. Um, I'll give you another example. Uh, if somebody's ever brought, like, tomatoes or something to your job, right? You bring tomatoes or fruit. Take them home, I'm like, oh, so-and-so brought these tomatoes. They're going to be so great. You know, you put them in a salad, you put them in a sandwich, burger, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's just okay, you know. They can leave those at work. Like, next time you walk by, it's like, I'm good, right? Like, you don't want these tomatoes, right? People are trying to give you stuff. Like, no, I don't want those tomatoes, right? Um, and, and the reason why is, you know, it's just okay. And I, sometimes we do a lot of okay things. Um, and I, my question kind of would be, how much better is okay compared to bad. Because we always are quick to identify the bad, right? We know what to do when there's a fire. We put water on it, right? But for those of us where life is just kind of just okay, are we really giving God our best? And something pastors have talked about in the past is, you know, good, better, best. We do the good things, right? Sometimes we do the better things, but how often are we doing the best things for God, right? Young people, you're in school, sometimes, you know, we do the good things. Like, I know I do this, you know, my parents aren't gonna say anything or I can get away with this. Sometimes we do the better thing, but are you doing the best things? Are you doing the best things for yourself? Are you doing the best things to serve God? Are you doing the best things for your family? How are you representing yourself? How do you represent yourself when you step outside of church, right? Are, are we okay, again, with okay? What is the difference between, again, okay and bad? I don't want to just be okay, right? I don't want my life to be okay. I want it to be better. I want to do the best I can. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be fantastic, but I don't want to strive and live just in okay. You know, think about the best meal you've ever eaten, right? Whether it's, you know, dessert, a savory meal, just think about the best thing you've ever eaten. You could probably describe or tell me about the best thing that you ever ate. You think about it right now. Think about a meal that was terrible. 
and where you were, what restaurant you were at, maybe what relative your house you were at, right? Think about what was the worst thing you ever ate. We remember those things, right? But do you remember that Tuesday night meal? Right? Just those meals, I was like, oh, I just need something to eat, right? And those are fine, that's okay. But again, do we want to be known for producing okay fruit that next time I bring it to work, people are going to just kind of pass by it and leave it there? Or am I going to want to produce the type of fruit that people ask me, hey, DeAndre, when are you going to bring, bring some more tomatoes? When are you going to bring some more apples, right? And so you can't, I guess my point is, we can't hide who we are. And so whatever, our, when it says for each tree is known by its own fruit, if you're known for mediocre fruit and producing mediocre fruit, then are we really serving God the best, right? And so when I think about, again, youth, I think about how it goes the other way as well. Meaning that we have young people, it's tough because you're raised in a church, right? And you really are a good tree. You've been watered well, been pruned, everything, you know, you're a good tree, and then you step out in the world, you step out of school, and sometimes, when we look at the second part of this verse, it says, figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes or grapes, uh, or, picked, or grapes picked from a bramble bush. But sometimes young people, if we're producing good fruit and we step out in the world, for some reason we want to then associate with the thorns. And it's very important that you got to realize you can't hide who you are. If you're a good tree producing good fruit, stay away from those thorns. They stay away from those bramble bushes, right? It, if you take a, a, you know, a strawberry, an apple, any fruit, and you start rolling around those thorns, it's not going to be good anymore. And that's a challenge. Again, you want to think about how you come across to your peers, to your parents, to other adults. And people eventually will kind of see through that. And so don't come across, don't try to be something that you're not. It's so much, and, and, it, and it is a challenge, but you want to be who God wants you to be, right? You want to be who God put you here to be, to produce good fruit. And you can't hide who you are. And I'll give you kind of a, I don't want to get off too much on a tangent, a funny story that a couple years ago, when my daughter changed schools, she decided to go by a different name, a nickname, right? So we get to the conference, and this was back when it was online learning, right? And the teacher's like, you know, AJ's doing a great job, and AJ this and AJ that, and I'm just like, I don't know an AJ, right? That's, who is AJ? And so my daughter had decided when she was coming into this new school, she's going to have a new nickname, right? This was going to be it. Well, she already has a nickname that family calls her, right? We just call her Alana. Some of our family calls her Lala, but she decided somehow AJ was going to be it. And so I'm just looking around, okay. And so I talked to her later, and I'm like, AJ, she's just like, well, yeah, daddy, AJ. AJ lasted until about, after that conference, until about December. And then she won't be AJ no more. You can't hide who you are. And again, this was a little more tongue-in-cheek. You know, she wasn't trying to change who she was. But ultimately, if she wasn't AJ, that wasn't going to stick. And some of us are holding on, she's holding on to be AJ. And some of us are holding on to be AJ. That's not you. Be yourself. Right? You can't hide who you are. You're supposed to be out here producing good fruit, producing good strawberries. For some reason, you want to produce figs. And it's kind of like you're not a fig tree. It doesn't work. All right. Um, and my last point, and this is, to me, the most important. Ultimately, what is stored in your heart? What is stored in your heart? Now, as we get to the last verse, verse 45, a good person produces a good out of the good stored in his heart. 
an evil person produces evil, excuse me, a good person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. So again, twice is talking about what's stored up in your heart. So I would ask you, what do you have stored up in your heart? How do you react to things? What is kind of locked in your muscle memory, right? If you were to give me a pair of skates, roller skates right now, may not believe it, you have a heart set, I'll, I'll be skating around this floor. You know why? Because when I was a kid, I skated a lot, right? I'm at that age where, you know, my mom, you dropped me off the skating rink, and I would skate, right? Now, a couple weeks ago, we went on vacation, I hadn't skated in 10 years. I put the skates on, probably even longer than that. It was a little rough at first, but then I, I got it. I was good, because that's what was stored. I, I know how to skate. Now, I'm not out here, you know, skating backwards, doing tricks, dancing, no. But I could competently skate around, right? Because that's, that's locked in, that's, that's in me. I could do that, right? If we were to go play softball, I grew up, I know how to swing a bat, right? I could do that. I played golf a little bit in my adult life. If you ask me to golf right now, that's not a part of my, that's not stored in me, right? I can't just show up and do that. So I want you to think about the things that you consume and what's stored in your heart. Are you consuming things that can produce good fruit? Is what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you're doing, the conversations you have, the thoughts in your mind, who you're interacting with, are those things that are stored in your heart going to produce good fruit? Because ultimately that's what's going to come out, right? We could, right now, we, have, we talk in church, we have conversations, something's happening, I'm going to say and do the right thing. When I step outside, I'm in the car, I'm at the grocery store, and something happens that is out of the norm and challenges me, whether this morning somebody cuts in front of me, whether somebody kind of says something that, you know, we're out with my family, around my kids, and I don't appreciate, like, why are they talking like this? How do I react? Well, how you react is based on whatever is stored up in you, right? Again, don't get me wrong, we all make mistakes, right? Mom, I know you listen. Sometimes, you know, I intentionally mess with my mom, try to make her cuss a little bit, and it's really funny to me, because I didn't make my And I think it's funny, right? But also what's stored in her, stored in her heart is good, right? She doesn't do that too often, right? It's, it's more so me messing with her. But my, my point is, how we react to things is based on what's inside of us. And so if you're reacting in a negative way, if things are coming out in a negative way, you need to go back and re-examine, man, what am I consuming? Right? Am I consuming, we talked about earlier, you get out what you put into it, am I putting enough time into God, whatever that looks like, whether it is small group, whether this is devotional, I don't, whatever that is, um, that all comes out. There's certain music that I grew up on that I... You know, if I hear certain songs, it's very nostalgic. It takes you back to a certain place. And sometimes that's really fun, right? This certain song, you take your head, right? It's, it's really fun. But there's certain songs I listen to that take me back to certain places that I probably don't need to go to. And, and I'm not saying you've got to not listen to certain things. I, again, that's up to you, right? You have to determine that for yourself. I could watch a zombie movie and watch all that mess and it's like, that doesn't do anything for me, right? Like, I go to sleep, that doesn't bother me. Somebody else, that affects you in a different way, then you probably shouldn't do that. If listening to a certain song causes you to put you in a certain mood that doesn't fill you up and cause you to react in a certain way, then maybe you shouldn't listen to that. If hanging around a certain person 
causes you to change who you are or they influence who you are, maybe young people, you shouldn't be around that person. Okay? It, it all, I, there is no direct written manuscript on I can tell you what to do because each one of you are different. Each one of you have different unique talents and God has a plan for you and you need to focus and do what God asks you to do. And so as we kind of close, it says, the second part of this verse, for the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart, and ultimately, again, whatever comes out is based on what's stored up in our heart. What is stored up in our heart is really based on what we are putting into, nurture, putting into nurturing our relationship with God. You may be rack and say the right things in front of people or at work, but it's different when you're at home. Or maybe sometimes things are great, but you treat people poorly, vice versa, right? But it's important to remember we are not perfect and that every piece of fruit that we produce is not going to be perfect, right? But I, my hope is that if you harvest fruit, if you harvest some apples from my tree, you may get one apple that's not the best, right? But hopefully if you eat enough apples, you realize, like, no, you know, that, 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 that was an outlier. I can count on these apples. They're going to be good. I'm producing enough good fruit. Because I would hate for you to judge me based off of, you know, one interaction, one encounter, one piece of fruit. But hopefully over the course of time, you will see my heart. You will see that, no, my fruit is good. So if you want to produce, be a good tree and produce good fruit, you have to put in the work. You can't hide who you really are because ultimately the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. And I'll close this by saying all of this is hard work, right? All of this is hard work. It's a never-ending process. You know, you think again about that tree, seasons change. Um, fruit, some fruit is better some years than other, right? We're going through a drought. It gets really hot. Things, it's, it's a constant process to try to harvest and produce fruit. It's a constant process building a relationship with God. It's never ending. We don't get to a point where it's like, we got it. Lord, I got it. I'm good. See you there. You know, we don't graduate from City Church. We don't graduate from the Lord, right? It's a never ending process. It's ongoing. And it's like when you're working out, right? It's like, you don't get to a certain point, but like, okay, I'm good. I can stop working out. What happens if you stop working out? What happens if you stop reading and learning, right? What happens if you just stop, right? You start to regress. We don't want to regress in our lives. We definitely don't want to regress in the Lord. And so I thank God that he gives us grace and forgiveness when we do make that wrong turn. Because again, this, this, it's hard. This life is hard. And I'll close by saying, um, I'm not a big person on like people, you know, you see these motivational clips and things that get passed around. I'm not a big person on motivational speaking, but I saw something that was, uh, went around, I don't know, about a month ago that I thought was really interesting. Um, and it was uh, from um, Carol Lawson. She is a head women's basketball coach at Duke. And you go look it up, Carol Lawson, and what she said, but um, the, the, the full, full thing. But what she ended up saying, what she was talking about was, how do you handle hard? Right? How do you handle hard? Meaning that life is, it, it's not, things aren't always going to get easier, but you have to use to, you have to adjust to how you handle it, right? Doesn't mean things are going to get easy in life. People are always looking, young people you're looking forward to, well, can't wait to get to junior high school. And in junior high, I can't wait to graduate high school. In high school, I can't gra wait to graduate, go to college. In college, I can't wait to graduate, I'm going to do this. But each step of the way, there's more responsibility to this added. There's a lot more responsibility that's added. Oh, I can't wait to get married. There's way more responsibility. I can't wait to have kids. There's more responsibility. 
how do you handle things when they get hard? Right? Do we lean? What do we lean on? Do we lean on God? Do we lean on our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we continuing to, to, to store ourselves up and store our heart up with good things so we can produce good fruit? So we have to learn in life how do we handle things when they get difficult and learn how to handle them and not always wait for that next thing. Because if you're always waiting and looking forward to it, you're going to miss a journey along the way. And ultimately, things aren't just going to automatically get easier. There's always something else. It's like at work. You ever finish your, finish your job? Especially when you're younger, you got a job, you finish something real fast, and you realize, what does the boss do? Oh, well, here's something else for you. Right? There's always something else. So you must learn how to handle that. You must learn how to lean on God so he can guide you. And ultimately, you produce good fruit and be the tree that you want to be. All right? Thank you. Sorry, let me close this out in prayer. Uh, Father God, uh, we just thank you again uh, for allowing us to be here, Lord Jesus. Um, I thank you for uh, just this week, Lord Jesus. You've been too good to me, Father. I thank you for your grace and mercy. I thank you that I always have the opportunity to come back to you, Lord. I thank you that no matter how much we stray, no matter what challenges lie ahead, that I thank you that you're always there. I thank you for your comfort. Lord Jesus, and I ask that we go out to this week and we produce the best fruit that we can for our co-workers, for our family, for those we come in contact with, Lord Jesus, that you continually work through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.